The following shiur is presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen, Dayan in Beddin Ahavat Shalom in Yerushalayim, an author of Pure Money. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Hello everybody, this is Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with the shiur on Parashat Ekev. This week's parsha, the parsha of Ekev, says, "Ki Hashem Elokechem, who Elokei Ha'Elokim va'Adonai Ha'Adonim." He is the God of Gods and the Lord of Lords. Ha'El Gadol Ha'Gibor va'Hanora, Asher Lo Yisa Panim ve'Lo Yikach Shochad. When he's judging people, he won't show any favors to anybody, and he certainly won't accept. Any bribes. Ose mishpat yatom ve'almana. He will do a. Uh, he will judge anyone who harms an orphan or a widow, or have ger. He loves the converts, the tetlo lechem v'simla, and he will always look after them. Then he carries on ve'haftim et ger, and we have a special obligation. To love converts, seeing as we the Jewish people ourselves have suffered from being strange people in a strange land, so we must accept people who are converting to Judaism. We must accept them with open hands, with open arms. Now, of course, we know that whenever someone comes to convert to Judaism, the first thing is that we push them away to see if they're really serious. But once they've converted, once they've gone through the conversion, then um, we have to be specially careful in our dealings with them, in our discussions with them, and treat them like we would know to be careful towards an orphan or to a widow. These are people that someone who hurts them does so at his own risk. But as we read, the Torah tells us also about the problem of taking bribes. Hashem, of course, doesn't take a bribe. He's a perfect, perfect, just judgment. But in our world, it can be a serious problem. Bribes are a problem to take and to give. The Shulchan Aruch says that a Dayan, a judge, has to be especially careful. It says, Me'od, Me'od. That's very strange language for the Shulchan Aruch to use. In all the mitzvot, he doesn't tell us, Me'od, Me'od, we need to be specially careful, double, a double language, we need to be specially careful not to transgress this issue. It doesn't say that in the halachot of Shabbat. It doesn't say that in the halachot of Kashrut, Shechita. It doesn't say that in any of those halachot. But here in the halachot of Shochat, it does. It says, Me'od, Me'od, a double warning. Let's look at other places where we get this double warning, because there are other places. 
four other places that we find this double warning. One is in connection to interest, ribit. Here too the Shulchan Aruch uses the double language of me'od, me'od. We have to be very, very careful not to charge interest and not to pay interest. With a doctor, a doctor who's coming to do an operation on someone, he can kill people if he's not careful. Me'od, me'od, says the Shulchan Aruch. He has to be careful so that he won't kill anybody. And the fourth that's the second, that's the second place. The third place is with Arayot. Those are forbidden relations. Forbidden relations are also, we're warned about them in, a, in this double language of Me'od, Me'od. So the four places that we have are bribes, interest, doctors, and Arayot. These are the four places that the Shulchan Aruch decided to warn us with this double language of me'od me'od that we have to be so careful about receiving bribes. About, about keeping these halachot, excuse me. The first two shochad and ribit we can understand. They're both money. As far as money is concerned, we're all, we all can 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 uh, fall and stumble. And there's a special reason to be careful. A doctor, of course, when he's operating on someone, if he does, does the wrong things, he can kill them. And certainly, with forbidden relations, there are things that sometimes we could have an overriding urge to f- perform them, and the double warning makes complete sense. But let's look at another place where we get this double warning. Me'od, me'od. That's to be humble. A double warning we get from the Shulchan Aruch about a person being humble. And says the Sma that that's the Avla Kulam, that's the most important of all the places where we're told Me'od Me'od is in this case of this Halakha of being humble because we all are pulled after Gava proudness. We all are looking for it and we all have a, have a tendency to show it. And so here too we have the double warning of me'od me'od. But let's talk a bit more about shochad, about bribes. Shochad is a notoricon. The language says shehu chad, right? Shin vav chet Dalid, Shochad. Chad, the last two letters, mean to come from the word Echad, to be one. Shehu Echad. Shochad. That the person who gave and the person who received become one. The judgment of the person who's received a bribe is totally ruined. They can't think straight anymore. All they can do is think on behalf of the person that's given them the bribe. That's why, the, that's from there we get the word shochad. Now the Issa is not just for a Dayan, a judge, to take a bribe. Also, you wouldn't be allowed to give to anyone that's close to the Dayan. 
if he wouldn't be able to give to his children, to his wife, to his brothers, to any close relative, you wouldn't be able to give him the, give them money. What about giving to a charitable organization that was close to their heart? That too is considered as a bribe. That too can influence their judgment. The Shulchan Aruch tells us that even if you're giving the bribe for them to decide the truth, you're right in the case. Not that you're wrong, you're right in the case. Nevertheless, you wouldn't be allowed to give a bribe to the judge, even for him to decide what he should decide, that you're right. And the Pitchei Tshuva brings a case of someone who was going to court and they knew that the other side had already given a bribe to the judge. And nevertheless, they weren't, wouldn't be allowed to give a bribe. The Isul is not just to give a bribe to a judge. It's also to give it to anyone whose job is to make a decision. Making a decision that can affect the public or can affect other people. Someone who has to, for example, give planning permission. It would be a sore for them to receive a bribe and it would be a sore for you to give them a bribe. Anyone who has to make a decision of one person over another, it would, there's an isur of giving them a bribe. In a lot of private companies, there can be problems. Buyers for private companies get entertained very, very well by potential suppliers. Here, it's not a problem to the public. If it's a public office, then of course there's no, no heter at all to take bribes or to give a bribe. But in the case of a private employee, so it's the employer's problem that the buyer is going to buy things that aren't for the best, it's not the best in, in the best interests of the company. It's not in the best interests of his employer. Now that's a, Another problem that every employee has an obligation to do everything that's good for his employer and to always act in the best interests of his employer when he's doing his work, when he's doing his job. And if he's not acting in the best interests of his employer, then he's definitely doing an isur. So that's also going to be certainly be a problem um, for an employee to be receiving bribes in order to, to, to buy from a certain company. And in any case like that, it's the employer's job to make sure that his employees aren't taking bribes. Now, some people might think that, well, a bribe doesn't really interest me so much. It doesn't make such a big difference if that buyer takes me out for a fancy lunch at a fancy restaurant, that's not going to make me make a decision that's not good for my employer. Or a public official might think, what's the big deal of me taking, going out for a fancy meal at a fancy restaurant or receiving a crate of top-class whiskey? It doesn't, doesn't sway me. They're just presents. What's the big deal? I can still make a clear judgment 
the Gemaran Ketubot tells us how much you can't make a clear judgment. The Gemaran Mesechik Ketubot says, tells us a couple of stories about great rabbis that one of them was just helped across, to cross, across a bridge. Someone gave him their hand. And then he asked them, what are you doing here? What, did, what why, where are you going? And he said, oh, I have a, a din Torah with you. You're going to be the Diane in a case that I have. And he immediately postled himself from taking the case. He immediately said, Pasulaniladun, I can't judge you. I can't decide, make a decision here. I can't, because I, because seeing as you've done me that favor, that small little favor of helping me, putting out your hand and helping me, that already will mean that I might judge in your favor. It says in uh, continuation that when the case happened, when the, 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 this person went in front of the other judge that now took over the case, so he was standing out and listening at the door, and he was thinking to himself, ah, you know, he could say like this, he could say like that, and he was thinking of claims that this guy could make to defend himself. And he said, you see how much, even someone like me, a small bribe that just someone just helped put out their hand and help me, that that can cloud your judgment and stop you from making a clear judgment in a case. And because of that, we have to be so careful not to receive even the smallest bribe, even the most thing that we might think is the most insignificant thing, but it can have an influence on us and it can help us to decide the wrong thing. There's an interesting halakha. If you are a, uh, um, if you are a judge, are you allowed to judge someone that you like? Or that you don't like? So the halakha is that yes, you are, sorry, that you're not allowed to. But what about if you want to give testimony? If you want to be an ed for someone that you like or you don't like? You're allowed to be. In fact, all the, yeah, you're allowed to be a witness for someone that you don't like, or against someone that you don't like, or again, or for someone that you do like. You're about, you're allowed to be a witness for them, but you wouldn't be allowed to judge them if you're a judge. What's the difference? If you're giving testimony, so you have to say what you saw. You can't, you wouldn't change what you saw just because you like someone. You wouldn't lie and change what you saw. But when you're being a Diane, when you have to make a decision in someone's favor, so here, a small little thing that you like someone can make a big difference to the way you're going to decide the case. And that's why you're not allowed to judge a case of anyone that you like, either that you love or that you hate. Whenever you have this personal interest, then it's all you can, you can't make sound judgment anymore. The Rambam says that we know there was, there was a decision that was needed to be made, whether to make a leap year. Right, every few years we have a leap year. When we have a leap year, we have an extra Adar, we have Adar Aleph and Adar Bet. The reason is because we need all the time to bring the calendar of according to the sun and according to the moon together. The calendar according to the sun is much shorter. The year is much shorter than the year according to the sun. 
And we go by both of them together. If we went just by the moon, then after a couple of years, our holidays would be at different times of the year. Pesach would come out in the middle of the summer. And Shavuot would be in the middle of the winter. And Sukkot would be in the middle of the, of the, of the autumn. No, it is already is in the spring. Right? Things would just go change all the time. That's what happens with the Muslims. That their calendar is just according to the moon. And their holidays are different times every year. Sometimes in the summer, sometimes in the winter. But our holidays are fixed by the seasons. Right? Shavuot is harvest time. Pesach is at a particular time of year. Sukkot is at the time when you can still sleep outside. Okay, so in order to make sure that that's always going to be, every couple of years we need to add on an extra month. Now the decision to be made, whether we're going to add on an extra month, was made by the Sanhedrin. The Kohen Gadol was not allowed to take any part in the decision, says the Rambam. Why not? Why can't the Kohen Gadol be included in the people that are going to make the decision? Because, says the Rambam, if it's going to be a leap year, that means that all the going to the mikveh that the Kohen Gadol is going to have to do for Yom Kippur is going to be a month later when it's starting to get much colder and it will be difficult, more difficult for the Kohen Gadol to be going to the mikveh and getting into that cold water during these times. And that small little thing is already means that the Kohen Gadol won't have proper judgment to decide whether this year should be a leap year or not. And he's not allowed to be part of the decision. You see how Chazal understood they went down to the bottom of people's, of people's uh, minds to understand what can influence them. So as we said, in all, se- in all decisions, anyone who has to make a decision, whether it's planning permission, right, or who's going to build, who's going to win a contract bid, all these things, someone's going to lose and someone's going to win. In all these cases, it's a sore for anyone to take a bribe and for anyone to give a bribe. Sometimes the payment that you might make is not a bribe for someone who needs to make a decision, but a, some, a, a, a payment for someone to do what they're supposed to do or just to do what they're supposed to do quicker than they're doing it. Right? You want speeding up. So if the speeding up means that they're going to take in the deal with your case and push someone else's case off, then you wouldn't be allowed to pay them. Even though it's not necessarily a bribe. Because by paying them, you're putting, you're damaging someone else. Their, 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 their planning permission is going to be pushed off. But if you're not damaging anyone else, if you're just paying for your request to be dealt with quickly, something that you would anyway get. So then, that's not considered as a bribe, even though, of course, it would be incorrect for anyone to accept such a payment or demand such a payment. In fact, any such demand for payment is extortion. 
Right? It's that you're, 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 you're demanding payment for something that you have to do anyway. You have to do for free, or you have to do for a small price. That is what's considered as extortion. Now, extortion is definitely a sore. Right? If I'm the extorted person and I agree to pay, okay, I paid. The guy is not necessarily a thief, but it's certainly not correct for him to extort other people and demand them to pay for things that they're not supposed to have to pay for. Right? Once extortion payments have been paid, you can't claim them back, because we would presume that um, you paid them in the end willingly. But if you haven't yet paid, so you don't have to pay. But if you've already paid, you can't claim it, claim that extortion money back. So whenever, if, if you ever need to make payments like this, you always have to understand what are you paying for and who's going to be damaged by the fact that you're paying. Is someone else going to be damaged? Of course, the challenge is to stand up to a moral challenge and not to run away and to, to, to stand up and not pay the extortion money and not pay bribes in places that are known to be corrupt. There was a case of the giver of charity to a third world country who was warned by an official that any donations he makes are going to be skimmed by the administrators. But if you pay me, then I'll take care of it that they won't. So he's offering his services in order for you to pay him, pay him to make sure that the other people won't take money. So here too, maybe it's, then maybe that such a payment would be okay. I don't want to make a judgment right now. Let's think about it between us in if that such a payment would be okay. But we have to remember that it's not just the person who's receiving the bribe who's doing wrong. The person who's paying the bribe is also transgressing the Isur of Lifnei Iver Lotiten Mifshol. Don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind. By paying a bribe to somebody, you're putting a stumbling block in their path. And so it's not just them that are transgressing the Isur of receiving a bribe, but you, the giver of the bribe, you're transgressing the Isur of putting a stumbling block in front of the blind. Bezat Hashem, Let's hope that, you know, we all know that there's corruption in the world. Let's hope that we can live in an uncorrupt work, world, the world of Mashiach Bezrat Hashem, with no corruption, no, no demands for bribes, no reasons to pay bribes or extortion money. Bezrat Hashem, may these days come soon. Amen. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary Beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at org to subscribe. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a Halakhic consultation, 
monetary Beddin services to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha journal or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at thehc.org to subscribe.